0: No truck stops. A Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos. Joining me, as always, late at night in Las Vegas, Greg. Appenator
1: What a day! Pac-12 basketball.
0: Oh man, we gorged ourselves on Pac-12 basketball. When I really think about it, I'm like, holy shit,
1: It's <laughs> a lot. Yeah, we
0: we we and we skipped Cal Wazoo. We did, uh, and
1: good choice that I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. So day one of Pac-12 basketball tournament in the books. Uh, Colorado beat Washington, eliminating them, probably ending their season 74-68. Cal losing to Wazoo. Their season's now done. John Wilner coming out and saying that Mark Fox is likely to be fired by noon on uh, Thursday. So we'll see if that actually materializes. They got their asses kicked by Wazoo. Stanford beat Utah pretty handily. And then Arizona State uh, staves off Oregon State to end the night. Greg, uh, lots of uh, lots of stuff happened. Was but was there a particular game or moment that stood out to you from uh, the first day of Pac-12 basketball? So tournament? I think
1: we had I think we had two good games today. Okay, being Washington, Colorado, and Oregon State, Arizona State, Arizona State. Or the the last one is more fresh in my mind. So I'll start with the ASU OSU game. Uh, I thought that was an incredible performance from Oregon State defensively. They were so sharp. I could not believe what I was seeing, despite the fact that Arizona State clearly has more size and more athleticism. It felt like Oregon State made everything so difficult on them, and I was really impressed by that, and I really think they could have pulled off the win there had they not been shafted by the refs (laughs) time and time again throughout that game got robbed on a goaltending call where the crowd had to bully the refs into reviewing. Uh, several times, Glenn Taylor went to the basket, got hacked, didn't get a call. Uh,
0: <laughs> it was so funny. So we sat first like in, like in b- right behind the Arizona State student section, and then our homies, uh, we didn't even preview this episode well. We're actually going to have a conversation. I'll split that in here with uh, Sam of the Peyton Years, Sam and Andy of the Peyton Years. They have an Oregon State podcast. We had Sam on to talk a little bit about Oregon State, but mostly about Pac-12 hoops and hoopers and basketball players. Uh, they We had met up with them, hung out with them a little bit during the Colorado UW game. And then we came back, we skipped Kalamazoo so we can go get some tacos and set up uh, our little little recording space in our hotel room and came back for Stanford, Utah. Stanford, Utah happened and uh, (laughs) Sam was like, hey, y'all should come over here. There's space. They were in the Oregon State section. Uh, so we went over there, and uh, basically with the uh, Oregon State fans, and first of all, buddy, let me tell you.
1: Oregon State fans are a fucking riot. They
0: are a riot. <laughs> they they were loud. They were dying with every single play. They were fun. <laughs> they were unhinged. The crazy part about that, and you mentioned the fouls, is that like every fucking time Oregon State <laughs> came down the court, there was some sort of foul that the refs missed. Every single time, I was like, Holy so, shit! Okay, They're like, "Oh my them, god, he got hacked! He got hacked!" They're so, like every s- time, really. Some
1: of them, the Oregon State fans may have been a little overeager. Sam, I think, wanted a foul a little too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, that
0: being said, <laughs> you, you mean every play? Like uh, you're telling me Arizona State <laughs> if I
1: foul on every single play? <laughs> <laughs> that being said, he was justified quite a lot of the time for wanting a foul, and it was especially entertaining. Uh, to see Glenn Taylor Jr., who loves to just barrel down the lane looking for contact and the foul. Uh, his family, we learned, was yeah, sitting really close to us. And every time he came down, they were screaming at the refs for a call. It's so funny. <laughs> it was so really funny.
0: fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a blast. Uh, that game, kind of an ugly, dumb, stupid game. Oh, it was uh, great. Uh, yeah, it was uh, neither team shot 40% from the field. Uh, Arizona State shot 39.7%. Oregon State shot 34%. Neither shot really well from three. Oregon State went three for 18 from three. Arizona State didn't fare much better. Five for 21 from three. Oregon State took a ton of free throws, by the way, in case that uh, that narrative.
1: I mean, that's you're going to take a ton of free throws when you drive to the rim as much as Oregon State does. That does not mean... They should have had more. Like that doesn't discount the fact that they should have had more calls.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I think uh, it it was tough watching them. Oregon State. I think there's a fr- like being in person made me think differently about Oregon State size mm-hmm. and where they like really lack. Uh, they really lack size. Uh, Warren Washington was oh he was he was burning them, and mm-hmm. I feel like Oregon State's bigs. You mentioned it, the weakest part for Oregon State. So anyway, uh, their season is over. So that was a that was a fun game. You're right, colorado u early on, pretty fun. I mean, Colorado got up, and then UW came clawing back, took a lead. Uh, colorado came back, and they took a lead, and I guess it was all right. I mean, in the end, it sort of ended up turning into an offensive, uh, an, uh, like kind of a shootout in the second half. You mm. lost you lost on the— uh,
1: I uh, did lose the under in you the lost last the two under. minutes. That was brutal. Uh, One on my Oregon State bets, though. Good job. <laughs> Which is good.
0: <laughs> uh, and then And then Stanford-Utah, uh, I am ready to say Utah sucks. Uh, they are not a good team, uh, especially down the stretch over the past, I don't know, two, I three weeks. I
1: think the Utah two weeks ago is not the same as, well, maybe not more. The three Utah weeks. The Utah before the losing streak. Yes. Was a better team than what we have right now, but I think they're playing better competition, right? Well, that yeah, was... but I mean they they did well against better competition too. Like they beat Arizona. That's true. They they played other teams tough. That's
0: true. I mean I don't know. I guess I'm I I, I don't know. Watching them today, it's like and this has been the theme for a while. Kind of most of the season also was that like they just had nothing offensively. It felt like everything was really damn hard. Nobody was able to uh, beat a defender off the dribble. No one was able to sort of make an entry pass like they were haunting for entry pans, pra- passes every single time down the floor, and I felt like all of them resulted in a turnover. Um, so, and then and then I think what ended up happening is it transferred over to their defense. Their defense fell apart uh, at some point. Stanford just got easy shots. Uh, Stanford, I don't know. People say they're turning it on, and I and I see it. I like I I see the vision for Stanford and them turning it on. The problem is, is that like I don't know. They beat Utah. Just now, uh, they lost to Oregon in their last game of the regular season. A close game, but they lost. Beat the shit out of Oregon State. Uh, beat Washington, I guess. But like, you know, just in late mid to late February, they lost to UCLA, USC, and Wazoo. Um, I guess they were competitive, but I, I don't know. I'm not really. I guess I'm not really there with Stanford. So, any any did did any of these games change your mind
1: about who you think could be the Cinderella? Oregon State. Of this year, so I mean Colorado. I actually I've, I'm more confident in Colorado, despite the fact that it was a close game with Washington. Uh, Julian Hammond uh, was really that, that's yeah different. yeah <laughs> he was great he was great mm-hmm. for Colorado and they need that they need him to step up without KJ Simpson. Tristan De Silva was fantastic in the first half and just uh, just good in the second half. I thought for Colorado um so I think Colorado really could give UCLA some trouble uh I was talking to Carlos and I was talking to the Peyton's year uh, the Peyton years guys about my thoughts on Colorado they don't agree with me they think that one's going to be a blowout but uh I'm telling you Colorado's going to make that game tough
0: Well, when we post this, it will be today. It will be Thursday. In fact, it already is Thursday, technically. It's 12.08 here in Las Vegas. Uh, By the time this gets posted, it'll be 5 a.m. when folks listen to it, right before the games. Uh, So we've got four games here. Colorado, UCLA at 12 p.m., Washington State, Oregon at 2.30, Stanford, Arizona at 6, Arizona State, USC at 8.30, which game are you most excited about? Like, which one do you think you really want to be locked into you're curious about?
1: So we did not watch the Washington State Cal game. That is right. And so because Did we need of to? That, we didn't need to. But because of that, I want to watch the Washington State-Oregon game the most. Uh, I want to watch Washington State in person. Yep. Especially, you know, with how bullish I am on their tournament, like, their Pac-12 tournament chances. Uh, I really want to see them in person. But at the same time, I'm excited to see ASU in person again against USC. Mm. Uh, Something about that game really made me hate Bobby Hurley because (laughs) Desmond Cambridge and Frankie Collins are two of the best passers in the Mm Pac-12. They throw some beautiful passes. They have phenomenal vision. And yet, this fucking team is like, no, we don't pass. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well it's funny because they uh murdered uh oregon state on turnover 17 uh, sorry 17 assists to nine assists for oregon state uh but yeah a lot of it is still just them cooking and like, if
1: there was more ball movement and like an offense more like predicated around ball movement i really think these players have the skill set to thrive
0: yeah uh it requires them to have a coach who, who has Wants any to sort do of that. commitments yeah. to that uh <laughs> and arizona state does not so i, I don't know i I'm, I'm feeling weird about Arizona State. I think Arizona State fans are feeling weird about yeah. Arizona State. They do not. They do not like this team at this point. Um, so, I don't know. I'm curious. I think I'm – I am most curious, I think, and I'm trying not to be a homer here, but I, I think I am curious to see what UCLA looks like without Jalen Clark.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good one.
0: That's going to be the one that's going to – and already we're sort of hearing – Doug Gottlieb getting murdered by UCLA Twitter. He said something like, Uh, ah, you know, I think without Jalen Clark, you gotta move UCLA to a three seed. And like they haven't even fucking played a game it's without Jalen Clark.
1: Especially because like with other teams, the committee's like, oh no, no, no. We we don't take into account injuries or how you finish the year, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Absurd. <laughs> Suddenly it's, it's drop him down to a three seed. Insane, insane. Insane stuff. Anyway, it's
0: fun. It's been fun. I've really uh I have Loved coming here. This is this is our first time at the Pac-12 basketball tournament. This has been a blast. Like you get, and, and you get like a, a huge smattering of Pac-12 fans. We saw Arizona fans. We saw Arizona State fans. We saw we saw UCLA fans. One fan base we did not see at all. I did not see one of USC fans. Yeah, not yeah, shocking. I didn't see any USC fans. Not not, not shocking. But we did see Colorado fans. We saw Utah fans. We saw Wazoo fans. We saw, saw a couple Cal
1: fans. Saw a couple Cal fans. We saw Washington fans. We saw...
0: Did not see a Stanford fan. That's another one we missed. No, we
1: just... just I developed a hatred for the Stanford band, which is new. <laughs>
0: um, so, I don't know. It's been fun. Like, it's been... Uh, it's been cool to talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of listeners come up to us and or or reach out to us and say, "Hey, where are we going to? You know, let's meet up. Let's say hi." I saw saw our homie Joey, ASU super fan there. Um, yeah, it was. It's been good. I've I've enjoyed it. How have you li- liked the environment?
1: I have had a ton of fun, and I'm so excited for more of it tomorrow, especially with the better games. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is a blast, and uh, I want to make this a tradition. Yeah, this is we say more fun. The Pac-12 football championship game.
0: Is divorcing oh, your feelings
1: absolutely, without a doubt, more fun. Okay, I just don't have the like euphoric memories. Yes, along yes, with
0: it. yes. I may have some euphoric memories, although I'm not really going to. St- we're not staying for the Pac-12 champion. We're leaving Friday. We want to see the first two days, see a lot of these teams in action, talk to some people, and then and then bounce out of here. But all right, well that's it. Now what we're going to show you or <laughs> show you, listen you. What what's the uh, present to you. Present to present you. Present to your ears. <laughs> present to your ears is a conversation with Sam of the Peyton Years podcast. I hope you enjoy that. And so we have also here uh, in Las Vegas, we're here for the Pac 12 Basketball Tournament. We have a special guest here. One half of the Peyton Years podcast, boys. Sam, uh, Sam say hi, Sam. Hello. Uh, Sam is uh, joining us, so welcome to No Truck Stops. We really appreciate having you. Uh, So we're going to talk about Oregon State basketball a little bit. We'll talk about the environment and Sam's time here in Las Vegas so far. We'll talk about our time in Las Vegas a little bit. We'll talk about the Pac-12. But uh, why don't we start first by talking a little bit about Oregon State basketball and in particular what all your listeners are have been waiting (laughs) for—the Peyton years. Uh, The Peyton years is an Oregon State basketball podcast. My First question to you, Sam, is
2: uh, why?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: the the best way to answer it succinctly, and shout out to to Andy, my my co host, who's got more important professional things to be doing right now, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, he actually the uh, was the original co host with another friend of ours who's also named Andy, who. Uh, you know, fell off and I said, I gotta keep this going. You know, there's only about four people that I think are as knowledgeable about Oregon State men's basketball and care as deeply as we do. So I was like, I feel like we need to keep this thing going, you know. The people want it whether they realize it or not. So we've been doing it about I think three full seasons now.
1: Nice.
0: That's awesome. Uh so one of the Andes so clearly there couldn't be two Andes, one of them had to That was too other. many, right. Yeah.
2: It, <laughs> too confusing. I mean, you guys get like it's already confusing enough when you can't like put a tw- face to somebody. So, yeah,
0: we have 12 hosts. We've got to start killing them off. We've got to right. do a Hunger Games yeah. style. Um, so, I mean, uh, well, you know, you, you like Oregon State basketball. What, what may, I mean, it's a, it's a rough history, obviously. What uh, I mean, were you Oregon State fan from birth,
2: and what how, what got you to starting to do this podcast? I was birthed into it. Andy is a graduate. I went to school okay. there for a little while, but yeah, I was put in orange and black before I and and then so they're both basketball, and I love all Oregon State athletics, but basketball and then the Beavers were two of the first loves, kind of forced on me, and they've really stuck, and so. I think there's something very tragically beautiful about Oregon <laughs> State bat, and I was born in June of nineteen ninety, which was I guess three months after Gary Payton's senior year ended, and they didn't sniff another tournament until I was twenty five years yeah. old. Yeah. I get or twenty six even. So yeah, I, I think that there's a, we we have a responsibility, you know, whether that's true or not, we feel like we do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, carry on. the. I mean, someone's got to be able to talk about these things, and you all are, you know, it's like when you get to this point, it's like you all, it feels like you're the only one who probably cares. about I mean, that's not true. There's plenty of people who care about Oregon State basketball. It can feel that way better, at times, yes. I'm, I'm sure it does feel that way sometimes. So, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about what has transpired so far this season, the beeves. Won just three games last year. Everyone knows that. Had had maybe one of the biggest. Well, why don't we over.
2: rewind it one more year? Let's take it back. <laughs> you hit the Elite Eight. You lose Ethan Thompson. You lose a, a, a number of other key pieces. And then you go the transfer route and an unmitigated disaster from start to finish. So was that all true,
0: like based on what you know or your analysis of the team or where you sit? Like, is it all true that it was just a bad locker room?
2: Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I we we are connected enough. I mean at this point we get free tickets from them where it's a, it's a very close community Oregon yeah. statements yeah. basketball mm-hmm. and so all the coaches know about us and everything and uh we can confirm. I don't I can't get I'll give you guys more off air, but it was a bad locker room to okay. say the least. Okay. One thing I will say is every transfer from last year only met over Zoom because of uh, COVID and everything oh, yeah. and so they did not go to Corvallis. Maybe one of them did and it the, You know, mm-hmm. a bad fit is is probably the briefest way to put it.
0: Well, so Wayne Tinkle, his uh, strategy for dealing with that is, uh, I'm just going to overturn the entire goddamn roster. <laughs>
3: Let's go
2: fucking old school and have nothing but 18-year-olds, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Greg just decided to leave randomly. Good job, Greg.
0: You <laughs> just left the room. Running. First time we've ever done
2: this. And Being Greg very is hospitable. Oh wow, you've got a another chair. Oh
0: my goodness, <laughs> this was this was Andy's chair. Bring Andy's chair Bring over Bring Andy's here, Greg. chair and put it. It's yeah, it's. He's off in the periphery over there. Over there. <laughs> Greg, thank you, Greg. Greg, I love you, Greg. <laughs> Just, it would have been rude not to answer It would door. have been very rude not to answer. They're hearing us. so And it, you I, accused me of being inhospitable when
1: you two are the ones <laughs> who are going to ignore these people.
0: Uh, very true. Anyway, so roster transformation scorched earth. Everyone – Oregon State basketball is hard for me to follow this year because I'm like, I don't know any of these players. Yeah. They're all new. Um, and now the result is that they've won 11 games, which is obviously a dramatic improvement over what happened last year. How do you feel about the season? Are you happy with it? Like, are you happy with that improvement? Are you excited or
2: are you sort of lukewarm? How are you feeling about it? I'm, I'm not going to say I'm thrilled. Um, maybe e- satisfied might be a word. One thing I do it, in defense of this, this Oregon State team, I think there's been a little bit of revisionist history where now we're all saying that we all had Cal last and we all knew... In October, Cal would be awful, when that's that's really not the case. And the coaches' pull one coach put Oregon State 11th. They, they were buried last. We were supposed to be Cal. And I think as you've described it, there's regular college basketball bad, and there's putrid, awful, I hope I never have to watch this again bad, and there is a difference. And we did beat Cal twice, by the way. Yes. Which not everybody can say. Washington. <laughs> yes. Stanford.
1: That's right. That's it. But still... Uh, I was going to say that Carlos referred to Cal as, I believe, unlovable, irredeemable sewer monsters. That's right. <laughs>
0: uh, they were. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because preseason, I think we had Oregon State 12th, well, yeah. but we but the way I wrote it up in the in our you basketball. You wrote the whole
1: write-up about Cal. I thought you had them 12th. I had them.
2: You, I, I kind <laughs> of remember this and got excited, like we've got somebody that's going to make the leap. Yeah, I, so I th- when I wrote about
0: Cal in, at 11th, I put Oregon State default at 12th just because when you win three games, Mm-hmm. The, it's hard to say. Okay, they're going to be much, much better when they get bring all those new pieces. But Cal, I was like, I don't know anything that's they stood about Pat this team. With last year's team, lost some talent, yeah. Yeah. And lost some talent too. So I think it was. I, I, I probably Oregon State fans probably had some low expectations coming in, and sort of are adjusting them now. But, you know, I think it was probably fairly reasonable preseason to think Cal might might actually be worse than Oregon State. So I, I
2: hear you on that. Uh, right. It, but um, so you're 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 sort of disappointed then. It's no fun when your favorite team goes wins 11 regular season games. They're going to sure. get a 12th one in a couple hours here, of course, We're recording <laughs> yes. this before the Oregon or the Arizona State game. But yeah, I do just think that like if you look at this in a vacuum it's not as upsetting it's because of what happened last year that the most are that most people are this upset about it i mean that to me when you're playing there's nine true freshmen or nine freshmen on the team seven on scholarship so you're basically playing children against grown men yeah Right. I
0: think that's I think that's a completely reasonable take. I mean, they've had and they have some they do have some enticing talent,
2: right? Jordan Pope probably should have been freshman of the year. I appreciate you as the UCLA fan <laughs> saying it first. I mean, we were chatting a bit earlier about how it seemed like the Pac-12 tried to spread the awards around but
1: not that one <laughs> not that one. Not, no not this one
2: apparently and in doing so you fuck over Jalen Clark by putting him on the second team which is a, a maybe a bigger joke and then you fuck over Jordan Pope for some reason because you want to give UCLA's starting center an honor I, I just, just don't think,
1: understand it I just think honestly nobody was watching Oregon State no I think that has to be the explanation because Adem Bono was not like he was good but he was not like yeah, he didn't blow me he didn't blow me yeah, away exactly. I know I'm he the was only just a solid player I'm the
0: Would only UCLA fan in existence who was not blown away by a Dembona but I think UCLA fans are having a very real,
2: I mean fairly I mean this is a great team is it just like Cody Riley no, erasure no, that no, like no. this guy solid in the paint so we're gonna celebrate <laughs> him like he's Kareem now. I, oh yeah
1: I guess it is it is
2: he boxes his guy out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and he's <at> consistently <laughs> right. Cody Riley could jump this far off the floor. He, Cody Riley peaked in eighth grade when he was the best player yeah. in the country. He do,
1: he way. doesn't take a mid range jumper every time he touches the ball. Which no. Is another helpful. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I love Cody Riley. I mean, I
1: incredibly fun <laughs> yeah. player in March. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. The last two
0: minutes of games suddenly turns into one of the greatest players we have ever seen.
1: Well, yeah, but, you
0: know, there's some en- enticing talent there. There's been some development. How are you feeling, though, about Wayne Tinkle, right? I mean, he's the one who's been, who's, who both oversaw an Elite Eight and then the complete collapse of that team and then the transformation and sort of this season where you're like, yeah, this wasn't really great. How are you feeling about
2: him? Are you, are, you, are you confident about Wayne Tinkle? I think he's the best coach they've had since Ralph Miller, and it's probably not close. Okay. And I understand that's not the greatest company, but we can acknowledge that there are difficulties that come along with the Oregon State job that don't exist at most Power Six college basketball schools. There are a couple, and I think that he's the best fit they've had. It uh, Obviously, having an assistant coach that had two baller-ass sons and having one yourself helps your recruiting classes, but he's gotten people to come here that are decent fits, and he's also swung and missed a lot, which is... I think when you're Oregon State's men's basketball coach, you want someone that will take risks on kids. And if they don't work, it's going to be ugly. And that's what happened last year. Um, but I think the general opinion of him is swayed way too much by what happened last year when we can appreciate, not only has he had two of the best seasons in, in the past 35 years of Oregon State basketball, but also the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh best ones, too. Because yeah. Yeah. I don't count a CBI run. 'Cause right. we'll never be able to do that again. Right.
0: I mean, I think uh, you know, it's it's interesting because when you look at you sort of say, Well, why and Tinkle, yeah, three wins last year, eleven wins this year, it's sort of, but when you look at sort of the the history of Oregon State basketball and you sort of look at it, I go to sports reference, I sort of just skim that history, it's sort of like he does, he owns what, two of like, he owns like half of all tournament appearances for Oregon State over the past 40, 50 years?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, he's third all time in wins behind Ralph Miller, who no one out ever talks about how he had to vacate wins, mm. which is not a thing that's happening here and it and hasn't since he left. So we're clean. And then Slats Gill, who coached in the 30s and probably could spit on players and not get in any kind of trouble with it, not even have to apologize like Mark Adams just had to do. So it was a different time. I'm not saying those guys weren't great coaches. They've also been dead for my entire life, too.
0: Right. Right. Uh, Just give some context in the history. Well, let's bridge our conversation to the rest of the Pac-12. We have... Lots of intriguing teams in the conference, I think.
2: Yeah, stop fast-forwarding now if you're regular listeners of
0: this. This is it right here. Uh, What's one team that you look at and you hope... Oregon State looks like in a few years maybe not in terms of talent you know sort of adjusting your expectations for what Oregon State can bring in but just style of play vibes like is there a team that you look at in the Pac-12 and say wow that is attainable maybe not at that level but attainable for Oregon State and I want them to look like that
2: I, I look at teams this year Colorado was a little bit disappointing they got a win today so their season's not done but I look at what Boyle has done over the eight years he's been there. And to to talk about one team specific to this year, I like Stanford. I mean they and Washington mm. State too. I mean, I think all three of those we can get the same kind of kids. Those are not your traditional blue chip yeah, recruiters. And they've been able to get some really good players there. Yeah. That I mean those are those are good, attainable ones. And go ahead, Greg. I was just gonna
1: say Stanford's talent is pretty good.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that they underachieve, but I wouldn't want to play them. I think Utah-Stanford is going to be a very good good yeah. game. It's yeah, true, yeah. If you're a Utah fan, I mean,
0: Stanford does not look good, but yeah.
1: Utah has lost five in a row. So. i have lost five in a
0: row. <laughs> I and never s- thought
2: that losing Wooster would hurt that much.
1: Well, I, I, he, I mean— this is a tangent, I really don't think it did hurt that much because he's come back,
2: True. Yeah. and it's still
1: bad. I think losing Gabe Madsen hurt a lot more. I'm sorry,
2: I, I confused the Madsen, yeah. Yeah,
1: because he's just by far the best shooter on a team without very many shooters, mm. without very many scorers, without very many guys who want to take shots. They got a lot of catch-and-shoot guys, not a lot yeah. of creators. Exactly, yeah. and that's, that's been Utah's problem in the two years Craig Smith's been there, and it will continue to be until he fixes yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah so maybe not
0: uh, being utah although you know utah is maybe not a bad model they've got a great defense they they are well-coached offensively. The issue is, can you recruit, right? They're having a really hard time recruiting at this point. So, okay, I mean, those are great teams to uh, achieve this year. What about what about the Pac-12 generally? What's What's been surprising? Has there anything been surprising now? We're in the regular season. feel like you're shocked by how this season has unfolded, or has it gone as you might have expected? I
2: think it, for the most part, I thought that, I mean, Utah dealt with injuries. I thought they looked really, really good in the middle of the year. Washington was my preseason team, and I do think that if Kepnang hadn't gotten hurt, they'd have been huge and probably would have won a couple more games but they're they have a coaching problem more than anything else yeah
0: yeah uh we we just finished a game as you mentioned we watched we watched the colorado washington game together we went we all went to that game. You all were there for the first half of Kal-Wazoo. What do you feel? How do you feel about the environment being here in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 basketball tournament? Have you had fun? Has
2: it been good? It's a blast. I mean, it's one of my favorite sporting event things to attend. The early session games are a lot more chill. It will be a lot louder, the Utah-Stanford game. And then um, what'll be fun, obviously, of course, watching Jordan Pope, torch arizona state it's going to be a blast regardless (laughs) but all the arizona fans are such dicks to arizona state they will all stay so it would be like an adorable home game for oregon state
3: and so it'll be a cool atmosphere
2: that's funny.
0: Did not get there. This is our first time at the Pac-12 basketball yes, tournament. Yes. So I'm excited to see how this goes. We were I'm there for the game. I'm very excited
1: for the Oregon State game. It's
0: a bummer. We were we went to go get some tacos uh, uh,
2: during the Cal-Wazoo game, mostly because we're like, we can't take it's it Cal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we can't take any more Cal basketball. It
2: exactly how you thought it would, too. I, I held on to hope. It was four to two, and I gave up. I was like, this <laughs> no, offense no. looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well... One of the
0: things that your co-host Andy mentioned is he's he's got a thing for, for what we would call hoopers, uh, and and hoopers. Is some like his one of his favorite players is like what Keon Menefield or something? He,
2: it, well, Jules Bernard is Jules. this UCLA guy. That it's it's quite the hot take amongst Bruin fans that he was the secret best player on last year's team. <laughs> but no one's saying that dude's not a Hooper though. Mm-hmm. That that is true. Just a a guy who's inconsistent. So Greg is gonna we're gonna play
0: a little bit of a game called Hooper Basketball Player, where Greg is going to take you through the All Conference first team which consists of 10 guys for whatever reason and you are going to answer whether you think they're a hooper or a basketball player. Greg, do you want to say a little bit more about what the distinction is between those? Yeah,
1: so I think it all started with that Ball is Life NBA Twitter account who talks about like this guy is great because of his bag, like he loves Kyrie because of that. Kyrie Kyrie's got, got a, a bag, hooper, yeah, you know? And then you've got other guys maybe you Nikola Jokic who is More fundamentals based, you know, like he's just, he makes the right pass. Sure. Uh, He's not so flashy when he scores, although I, I think he's a lot of fun to watch. He's a different kind of player, he's not the scorer type quite so much. He's more a basketball player. It doesn't player. look
2: as cool when Rudy Jokic Gobert does it.
1: Rudy Gobert is a well. great basketball player. Basketball player yeah, that, that
2: is a center <laughs> wow. on your basketball team. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero, a hooper. The Tyler
1: Hero, a hooper. Yeah. <laughs> sure.
2: Okay, so we get, we're we clear on what a hooper versus a basketball player is. I think the is. obvious ends of the spectrum, it's easy for anyone Rudy to Gobert, tell. It's somewhere,
1: Kyrie it, The people
2: that are somewhere in the middle, it gets a little murky. It gets a little yeah, murky. So we're
1: going to try and, and do that with the Pac-12 first team. Starting off,
2: which is 18 different players. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: it is is, it's a big list it's a big list we're going to start off with umar balo from arizona the center hooper basketball player you know i i think that i think it's a spectrum and he's not
2: all the way if if the left is basketball he's not all the way on the left but if you have to pick one he's a basketball player to me i mean embraces his role doesn't like to do anything outside of four feet away from the (laughs) basket on offense because he's got shooters other guys can do that mm -hmm. And
1: so I think basketball player is fair for him. Okay. Sounds I good. I think um, I agree with you. I will hear an argument for Hooper. Purely right. because of, like, just the anger with which he sometimes plays. It's true. Like, occasionally he will just rocket through guys for rebounds. It does
2: seem like he forgets for <laughs> just a second where he is sometimes.
1: <laughs> He's just like, I am the strongest. I will have the rebound. I will dunk over everyone. But I think overall, the way you talked about his role, I agree with you. Um, so we're going to move on next. I think this is a good one. Tiger Campbell, point guard for UCLA. <sighs> Hooper, basketball player. Point guards are the toughest. In the, like the, <laughs> He's true.
2: got things that distract you with his hair, you know, that suggest Hooper. But if you're Mick Cronin's quarterback like that, you're a basketball player. Yeah, I completely agree.
0: Okay, so here's the thing. I have an argument for Hooper, and it has more to do with than his aesthetic, which is obviously elite. Sometimes when you watch him, he, he it's not often, but sometimes when you watch him, he's got these really nifty little moves. Where he does. In the post, right, where he's just like... Just spinning around. Uh-huh. He's got his pivot foot. He's he's giving you an up and under. Like that happened a couple times in their final four run. That happened a couple times last year. So, like flashes. I see flashes of Hooper, uh, mm. but I think you're, I think maybe you're right. Do you think it's fair it.
2: to say that even at like 15, 16 years old, when he was starting to get looks from that, he was a straight up Hooper and it's the Cronin influence? It probably is that. I, I think- mean, uh huh.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was, I think he is a hooper who became a basketball player. Like, right. <laughs> he has the hooper within him, but he has molded himself into a basketball. Is player. it true
2: that his name is Tiger because his dad played in the NFL and said that I'm giving my son a running back's name? Oh, I so thought it had Tiger to with a Y. That. I had heard that it was because of Tiger Woods. Uh, Maybe was... a little bit of both, right? Like, <laughs> that's but that's funny. a Hooper backstory. Yes,
0: yes. He, he. You're right. He became he was a Hooper, became a basketball player. Good
1: job. Next one up, Greg. Next up, we have my favorite player, uh, my beloved. Brandon Carlson, center for Utah. Maybe the easiest one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a basketball player. It's not, yeah, he didn't used to be
2: a hooper either, and from what I've witnessed. And I love Carlson, too. Um, the fact that there's even another Carlson on the team that's not as good as him <laughs> and isn't his brother, uh, that's very basketball player energy. <laughs> Playing for Craig
1: Smith is pretty basketball player energy. Like, mm-hmm. I think... He is a center who is skilled. Like, you know, he can shoot. He likes to do the fadeaway. Despite that, never have I ever gotten hooper vibes, which is You're fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, he'll
2: do things off of one foot. But, like, no, that took a lot of technical practice and mm-hmm. footwork.
1: It's not just, like, he has this. He doesn't decide instinct. things. Yeah. to
2: He doesn't improv on a basketball court very often. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, continue on, Greg.
1: Enfali Nf- Dante, center for Oregon. Hmm.
2: I'll go Hooper for in folly. I mean, I, I don't mean to give a negative connotation to either side. I think, you know, there's there's beauty in both sides of it. But mm-hmm. given his background, he's been basically the same player the entire time he's been at Oregon. He's just getting stronger um, and and not liking the Ducks. I think he kind of carries them. He makes without actually being a distributor or anything. He makes everybody around him better just by cleaning up misses. So I'll call him a hooper. It's a good, it's a good I, pick.
1: I agree with the hooper. It's the dunks for me. Yeah, there's attitude to them.
2: <laughs> they're is. vicious. I worry for the rim a yes. little bit. Yes, he's known for those highlight dunks.
1: <laughs> Next, we have Tristan Da Silva for Colorado. The, maybe the most in the middle. That might be... If
2: Carlson was the easiest decision, I feel like he Da Silva might be the toughest... Um, I'll give him Hooper just because it's so smooth. I mean, like I think there's a good argument to be made. He plays for Boyle, who's a more of a basketball player's fit, but uh, just the silkiness. You know, I don't think that is taught to anybody.
1: That's true. That's true. I was gonna go. I was gonna go with uh, with basketball player just because I feel like. He gives off such I don't know college basketball vibes to he me when
2: I watch. Very stern face. <laughs> I think it might be the face. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, let's move on. I think this is the easiest one. Boogie Ellis for USC. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is...
2: easiest Hooper for sure. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, should have gone to Memphis, Boogie. I'm sorry. Or did he transfer he, from he Memphis? That one. Well, you should have stayed there.
3: Yeah.
1: You know? yeah. But you know that that one's really not a lot has to be if said. you don't quite
2: get it at this point i can't explain it to you that's, <laughs> yeah, that's an right. easy it's one like, if
1: we're like boogie ellis is a hooper
2: that's and you're what, like, like why yeah, yeah
1: boogie ellis is a hooper all that's... right uh next we have Muhammad gay for Ooh, washington state
2: interesting interesting I'm going to call him a hooper, but I feel like everything about his environment is pushing him towards being a basketball player. Mm, yeah. Like he's 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 like four years behind Tiger Campbell. I'm going to say hooper here. I
0: think he's I I, I think there's some things about him that, that like feel very basketball playery to me, but I feel like he's a hooper because it's often like he's a seven foot with like seven foot one, seven foot two, yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. And is moves like moves like a guard, moves like a guard, and I feel like the vast majority of his shots are from the perimeter, which just screams Hooper when
2: you're that big and you're just like taking a bunch of fadeaway jumpers. And he was going at Tiaman, like kind of turning and facing and laughing at him in the in, in the first <laughs> half, like he's and he's doing these little shoulder things where his confidence is growing. So maybe Hooper is the right call.
1: Yeah, I I started this one on the fence, but I've been convinced to go with Hooper. Next we have. Despite Kyle Smith's best
2: efforts, yeah, so, yes, yeah, true.
1: Despite Kyle, but I, you know, I, th- I think kyle smith is wrong on this he's one.
2: probably wrong about a lot of things like, <laughs> I'll. Ki- i have a quick three second kyle smith story last year when we came to this we saw him and his family leaving a restaurant and if you notice every game he's holding like a white binder during it and he was carrying it with him then so he doesn't trust anybody with his <laughs> shit not even his wife like, wow who knows what's in that binder that Probably some so pretty funny. remedial stuff. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was the highlight of the trip almost <laughs> last year.
1: All right. That is great. Next we have Jaime Jaquez, UCLA. Mm. For me, a
2: Hooper. If there is one on UCLA, I think it's Jaime. Mm. I don't know how you... It may be one of the freshmen, but Cronin will take his time with them. Uh, <laughs> falls in the middle of the spectrum, but I'll give you a Hooper. Like if, if there's a Hooper on UCLA's team, it has to be him.
0: Yeah, I I kind of lean. Oh, no, I think he, I think you're right. I think it is Hooper. I think he has. Just, a, he does like the jab steps and all like very basketball
2: player stuff.
0: Yeah, it, but it also the way he does it looks really cool. It's cooler when know? he does it. Yeah. You know, it's like he that stuff is like deeply fundamental, but like it looks cool as hell. So okay, I'll go Hooper. He, too. he
1: is like, he's not a young Hooper though. He is the Hooper at like the gym you've been going to. Who he just he goes every Saturday morning and just gives all the other 40-year-olds buckets. Yeah. That's the kind of hooper he is.
2: But then goes and shoots 100 free throws after the game, too. Yeah, Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I did play for Cronin, you Defensively, know. Defensively,
1: he is a basketball player as well. Like big especially like I, wow, remember- I want to
2: get into defensive hooper or basketball <laughs> player. I, I think if oh. there's one person that you can you can split it into one side of the court versus the other it's Jaime yeah
0: you know what's funny is that I'd probably argue Jalen Clark is the opposite he's like mm-hmm.
1: offensively
2: no, a basketball yes. player but defensively, <laughs> defensively is a hooper is I a get hoopers. cookies at this end of the court yeah, yes. yeah.
1: all right Two left. Next, we have uh, Drew Peterson, USC. Shouldn't be on this team, but. (laughs) Right. Can I pat? Like. (laughs) See, I think he is a basketball player in the most boring sense. Right.
0: I don't know about that. Either
1: answer feels terrible to give because he.
2: If his face weren't so hateable, I'd say that's a hooper who had a bad <laughs> year, but the way he taught I'll never forget him yelling at Evan Mobley two years ago to, like, get out of the way.
1: Seriously, dude, like, Evan if You Mobley- can't
2: appreciate how good he is? <laughs> no, I scored 1,100 points at Rice before I got <laughs> yeah, here, actually, so you will listen to me.
1: I think that makes him a hooper.
2: Mm. Yeah. I that think he, you got to give him a hooper. He doesn't do anything fundamentally. Like, he's not yeah, a passer. He's not right. a good team. you got to do something positive to it's be just, a basketball it's player. It's the
1: idea, because, like, with the Evan Mobley team, he was primarily, even though, like, when UCA, USC was at their best, he was primarily a catch-and-shoot guy. Right. And so that's where the basketball player idea got in my head. But...
2: You see, he gives a he dream a shake every single time yeah, he, he catches the ball with his back to the basket. <laughs> Even if it doesn't do anything, like he, he'll, he gave it though. I agree. I'm sold. He's a hooper.
1: And finally, we have Azulis Tabellis for Arizona basketball
2: player. I mean, basketball not player. the most obvious, but so crafty, you know, it, and so bereft of swag when he plays, <laughs> like it.
1: And it's so within the offense. Like, yeah. He just he executes the offense to perfection. Yeah. And it's what makes he, him so he's good. He's such a
2: benefactor. I mean, he's so like you, you talked about how he doesn't really create a ton of shots for himself. I think he could if he played on a different mm-hmm. team more, but he's just so content. That, like I'm on the left block. I can catch it and tip it in.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. And I feel like the the ta- the telltale sign of Azulis Tubelis being a basketball player is what does everyone say he's elite at? This is the best. He's best at X, Y and Z rim running
2: no yeah. hoopers no. really lead out rim running
0: that's a basketball player thing
2: and they <laughs> they give him that they should give that to ballo but he does other things better than that yes. so he doesn't even get that t- Yeah, they those two have spent way too much time alone with Tubelis at the top of the key lobbing it to him for them to be hoopers yeah mm-hmm. i
0: i agree i agree All well right.
1: if kirk creesa was here <laughs> i argue hooper <sighs> yeah <laughs> e- e- yeah um although actually maybe basketball player with a hooper's mentality that's hooper, hooper
2: is it a hooper with a basketball player's dad <laughs>
1: yeah <that is laughs> or maybe
2: like <laughs> yes. because no one else in the and, and i get in trouble for bringing this up every time kirk crease is mentioned on the patent years there's no one else in the history of division one athletics that's been like i want to wear steve kerr's number and wear my first name on the back of the jersey like, that's not a th- Well, we can't accommodate that, you dipshit. Like, but they love him. I mean, they the, the Arizona fans all wear the headbands. It's so obnoxious. It's
0: weird because I don't even think they like him as a player. I think, yeah, player. no.
2: His fr- freshman year, it was charming. And this year, you're like, you shoot 34% yeah, from it's, it's not good enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, OK, that's it. And we want to make sure you get we get to the Cal-Arizona State game on time. So, Oregon State, Arizona. <laughs> We're Oregon not in State. the same
2: category, though.
0: <laughs> Oregon State, Arizona State, we want to make sure. But before we let you go, give us your prediction. Who do you think is going to win the Pac-12 Conference Tournament? And who do you think is going to get into the NCAA
2: Tournament? Um, well, obviously it goes without saying my first prediction is Oregon State but barring that i would say, i i predict UCLA will win it i don't think anybody's beating them i will say it is unbelievable the home court advantage Arizona has in this gym they have four times as many fans as any other team and so and that does influence referees so they they're harder to beat here than than anywhere. But the fact they lost in McHale Center, I think they're frauds. They're going to lose in, in the first weekend of the tournament to me. But I, they'll get in. I hope USC can can get in. Um, We're going to end Arizona State's hopes of it, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But if they get by some miracle, get by us. I think that if they play USC tough tomorrow, they probably deserve it. Right? Yeah. So four would be cool. Uh, Oregon is capable of winning. I would love to see five, but I think that's probably getting kind of naive. Yeah, right? we not mentioning
1: too. our beloved Washington State Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> they. Th- I guess
2: they could totally win the whole
1: thing, too.
0: Yeah. That's who, a, is that your pick for who's going to repeat? They don't really have any holes. Do you, do you have... Is that your pick for who's going to repeat and replicate? Do you think there's anyone in the field who can replicate what 2021
2: Oregon State did? And do you think... Uh, do, do, Who do you think it is? I, I mean, Washington state would be the obvious one i think that colorado has a little bit of that the thing is we're all talking about how good washington state is right now nobody was doing that for oregon state even after they beat ucla in that four five game everyone was like i'm shocked i had no idea um so that's the no one's talking about colorado right now and they they have the pieces on the right night
0: yeah greg greg has been on the colorado watch out for colorado train so we'll see how that goes all right well uh i want to make sure that you get out on time and the lights have already turned off on us this is the first time we've ever done this so whatever uh lights are literally turning out on us so thank you again where can people find you on social media
2: um my instagram is at sam whiteley bang bang um Two E's in Whiteley. Uh, follow us on the Peyton years. You can find my my Twitter handle if you go to that one. But at, at years Peyton and uh, yeah, jump in with us. Years Peyton with an
0: A. For some reason, I kept spelling it with an E for some it's, reason. It's Gary Peyton. Like know, the Gary know, Peyton. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yes. Uh, I always forget that. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Sam. We really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, that is Greg. I'm Carlos. Thank you so much not for tuning way in. Not the other way around. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Uh, we did not get, we're not, we used to, we're talking off air that we used to get, people used to get us confused all the time, which is extremely funny. But uh, that is Greg. I am Carlos. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, there are no truck stops here.
1: Not even one.
3: Still and thick with smoke, so thick it makes you choke The crowd vibes in the cup is kicking, and my patience to everything said so I'm lonelier than a single sex on a quiet city street. Things aren't always.